Good afternoon. Welcome to Wednesday's Inside Look by Brooks. Steve Brooks here. Hope everybody's having a good week. It feels like fall outside. This is an early August day in 2021. And, um, you know, this summer has been the coolest summer I can recall in a long time. And I think it's because we've had so many rains in the afternoon. It cools things off, but it actually feels like fall outside to me. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about children getting injured. Um, obviously, adults, you know, big human beings that are injured is, is not a fun topic. And um, But children getting injured, that's a really tough topic because we all want to see our little ones, you know, safe and, and not injured. So it's scary. But the law really is no different for for little ones than it is for big ones. Um, if if a child is in a car accident, you know, is in the car, then the severity of the injuries is going to dictate how the law processes the case. If it's a minor injury, and let's say the injury is under $15,000, then the parent can prosecute that injury on behalf of the child. And... Um, once the case is resolved or settled, the the money will be paid to the parent. Um, you know, technically for the child's benefit, but the parent can can do what they, you know, they deem is appropriate with the money. Um, if the child is severely injured, let's say catastrophically injured, to the point that they're going to need um, surgeries and, and care. Um, and the case is worth well in excess of $100,000. Normally what's going to happen is the court is going to want to have a guardianship set up for the minor child. And the guardian will, and normally that's going to be the parent, the, the parent will have to go to the court and get approval, number one, for any settlement. And number two, once the settlement is received, then that will be set up in a, in a guardianship account. And any significant expenditure from that guardianship account will have to be approved by the court. So the court kind of oversees the fact that the money is going to be spent for the minor's benefit and is not wasted away by the parent or some other guardian. So there's all kinds of protections in place for uh, minors that um, are injured in an accident. And, you know, I wrote a book a few years back, Seven Fatal Mistakes That You Can Make in a Car Accident Case. If you have more questions about car accidents and how it might affect a minor, feel free to, to shoot me an email or go to our website and... Um, we, I think we offer a free digital copy of the book, or we can send you a hard copy. So either one. Just a few random facts. In 2019, there were 208,000 children under 15 who were injured or killed in traffic crashes. So these are, these are going to be kids that are just passengers uh, or pedestrians. They're not drivers. They're innocent bystanders either bystanding in the fact that they're a passenger or bystanding in the fact they're a pedestrian. That's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of injuries or deaths. You know, if, if you have really small children and they're in a car seat, you want to be, and you're in an accident, you want to be really careful about moving them after the accident. 
I know we've all seen football games where a player gets injured and he doesn't look like they can move. And so the, um, the medical personnel will come and, and put him on a board and they're not going to move his neck. They're going to leave him like he is and just slide him onto a board um, to make sure, take him to the hospital and make sure that uh, the injuries aren't something uh, that if you did move the neck that you could, you could uh, really harm him. So, you know, depending on the accident, you want to be really careful about moving a child from a car seat. And then you're always going to want to monitor symptoms. Um, severity of the accident, though, is going to kind of dictate your where you go with it. So as far as I am doing, I, um, as many of you know, I have a condition called spasmodic dysphonia. It's a chronic condition. Uh, you, you kind of hear the raspiness in my voice. Um, Every three months, I have to get Botox injected into the vocal cords to stop the spasm. And I had the injections yesterday, so I'm gradually losing my voice. And I will lose it uh, probably for two, two weeks, sometimes three weeks, and then it comes back. And I'll have a, uh, a pretty solid voice for, for three months. I think Beach will be back next week. Beach the third, who is my co-host. And... Uh, Hopefully he'll be back because my voice is going to be down. And we will see you next week and look forward to seeing you for Wednesday's Inside Look by Brooks. Again, if you have questions or comments on anything we talked about today, feel free to email me, steve at brookslawgroup.com. I will feel free to, to uh, banter back and forth with you and uh, answer any questions. Thanks for joining me and we'll see you next week.